So let's let's welcome Rachel. If I can work this out, okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, so I apologise, I don't have a PowerPoint, um, but I've been told I'm a quite an expressive person, so hopefully they'll keep you engaged and I have chocolates as well. As Malcolm was saying, we sometimes do that with um, our youth talks to give out chocolates if you answer questions. So, and yeah, I'm a bit nervous, I'm not... I don't really, I'm not into public speaking that much, but we'll see how I go. Um, so for one of the themes we did for one of our talks was we did on the fruit of the spirit. And my one that I did was on self-control. Um, so can anyone tell me where the reference is for the fruits of the spirit? Does anyone know? Ephesians. Close, not quite. Yes. Yeah, looks like we can get some chocolate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Malcolm, you get a chocolate. <laughs> Good work. So, in Galatians five twenty-two to twenty-three, it says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law." I ask the youth this question. Can anyone give an example of when they've had to practice self-control? Or what is self-control? What, anyone? Yes? Not eating all the chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Would you like a chocolate for that one? <laughs> yeah. This is, it can be rhetorical or if anyone wants to. Yes, Jim? I'm not trying to kill my siblings. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that contains self-control. All right, go. <laughs> Yeah, then you you lost it, you can't. Um, Think of, um, what about the really hard ones, the hard struggles of maybe when you're giving, wanting to give in to um, anger, if you have a temper, or patience, um, or even gossip, or judging. What about behind closed doors, when no one else sees? All these take self-control. Um, one example I gave was about go- oh, gossip. Think of a time when you've been with friends who are gossiping about someone you all know. And maybe... <laughs> okay, we'll just pause for a second. Okay, yeah, but this is what happens. <laughs> this is exactly, exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> all phones, all police. We have all phones, thank you. <laughs> Settle down, guys, settle down. Um, Even as adults, if you're with friends and you're talking about someone you don't like, is it okay to talk behind their back? What about if it's been done to you? Sometimes our human nature won't actually want to join in, but it takes self-control to stand up for that person or to walk away, saying that you'd rather not join in the gossip. Let's look at what God's Word, the Bible says, about self-control. In Titus 2 Verse 11 to 13, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
God's word is quite clear about saying no when it comes to things not of him. This is a standard he has set for us. Another example is lying. For some this is a very real struggle. And the more one does it, the more one gives in and even starts believing in their own lies. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 to 13 it says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. There is always a way out. You always have a choice. Do you know why we struggle with self-control besides being human? It's because we take our eyes off Jesus. We put our trust in our own strength and suddenly we are trying and very much failing in our own strength. I'll talk about more of this in a minute. If you're in a situation that requires self-control, you think you can't do it, just too hard to remember, there is a simple verse that most of you would know in Philippians 4.13 where it says, I can do all things through Christ, through him who gives me strength. It doesn't say all things through my strength, but through Jesus. We just, sometimes we want God to take those struggles away, and sometimes he will. But it's during those struggles that we turn to Jesus and have the victory because we choose to lean in on his strength. For example, you could say, I didn't lose my temper today, or I didn't get impatient today, or I didn't gossip on a day when there was nothing that triggered you. But what about saying that on a day that gave you every reason to lose self-control? Um, to give in to that desire of sin, where you hear that little voice that says, it won't hurt anybody, maybe sometimes it will. Or, did God really say? In Genesis, when Eve first gave in to sin, it was when she started listening to another voice that wasn't God. I want you to picture this. If you think of the game of tug of war, and most of you have a student know that game, um, <laughs> um, but think of it where you're on one end of the rope and Satan's on the other end, and you're having this battle and you're there, and you're pulling, and you're like, no, God, I've got this, I can do it. Who do you think is going to win Me. each time? <laughs> Good now. <laughs> if, you're cho- if you're choosing to do it on your own, who do you think is going to win every time? Exactly. He's not giving him the glory, but he's been there a lot longer, a very long time, and he, he knows your weakness. But what if there's times you've been spending time with God and you remember those times of God and you allow him in and he comes in, so you put on the rope and you let him and he comes behind you and picks up that rope and says, let me do this. And then Satan will have to flee because the victory, God has the victory every time. Um, and God will say, especially when it comes to sexual sin, he'll say flee, not to fight it. In 1 Corinthians 6.18 it says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commit, a person commits are outside their body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. It's when we choose to allow God in, we have the victory. You know the story in Matthew 14, um, midway the chapter, of when Peter was walking on water with Jesus? What happened when he took his eyes off Jesus? Exactly. He began to sink. Jesus also went through a testing time when he was on earth. In Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11, it reads, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, 
It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike foot against the stone. your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. The more we spend time with God, and read his word, the more we'll have self-control when it comes to times of resisting what is wrong. It was because Jesus spent time with God, God gave him the strength that he needed to resist the devil. Jesus had the strength to resist Satan because his focus was completely on God. He gave up nourishment for his body, for nourishment for his soul, which gave him the strength for his body to resist Satan. Jesus may have been in his weakest time, but I believe he was at his strongest through God. Yes, he was hungry, but his spirit was full of God. Think of the times Jesus went to be alone in prayer with God. We are not going to have self-control in situations if we are not putting God at the very centre of everything we do. In Hebrews 12, the end of verses 1 to 2, it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Um, In... Where does anyone know where the scripture reference to the armor of God is found? Uh, yes, we are perfect. <laughs> Would you like chocolate coming your way? Whoop. Sorry, to almost got you there. <laughs> um, yeah, in Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 17, it talks about the armor of God. You wouldn't go to war without your armor and your weapon, and yet we so often go into battles without the word of God, without God. We say to God, God, I really want to have self-control of the situation, but do you mind if I take a bit of a break and I'll see you next Sunday at church? Okay, we don't exactly say that, but how often do we live We live that out? I'm not saying that we be plain sailing, spending more time with God. In fact, you may come under more attack, but you will be stronger in Christ to resist the devil when it comes to having <clears throat> self-control. And be accountable to another believer of the same sex. Don't be afraid to share your struggle with self-control in certain areas. There's nothing greater than having a friend praying with you and walking alongside you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much um, for your word. We thank you how there's so many um, there's so many ways that you show us, Lord, how to follow you and how we can um, have self-control, Lord, if we just spend time with you and pray with you lord and just help us father to do that each day to take the time to um, spend with you lord and always put our trust in you in jesus name amen, amen. should be good sorry should be <laughs> um, so, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Tim, and I'm known as the the good cop of the youth group because no matter what I say, they always just kind of the kids always just look at me and they. Uh, 
No, yeah, <laughs> like that's a good point. But usually I say that because whenever I say something like "Don't do that," they kind of just smile at me and go. <laughs> then Luke comes in, and that's when that's when the the hard hammer comes down. So it's just going to turn us off lower power mode because it's going to keep turning off. Um, battery, where's that? Lower power mode off. Awesome. All right. Do I have a flicker for my slides? Oh. Ah, yes. Alright, so for those of you who know me, I'm a pretty big fan of C.S. Lewis. I love all the Narnia series and uh, a lot of the things that C.S. Lewis has written. Uh, the Screwtape Letters as well. Um, but yeah, in one, of his, um, in one of his writings, he talks about the four different types of love. Um, does anyone know what those four different types of love are? Agape. Agape, yep. Eros, yeah. Ah, so what is it? Agape, Philia, Eros, and there's one more. Unconditional? Yeah, that's... I, I, to be honest, I can't remember which one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, there's one more. It's, it's kind of family love. It's called Storg, I'm pretty sure. Storge, Storge, yeah. All right, so can I get someone to read this for me out loud? And the person that does it gets a chocolate. Thanks, Rachel. Oops. Sorry. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Luke 10, 27. Awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to remember this first and we're going to come back to it at the end. And what we're trying to do today is we're going to try to figure out what kind of love are we talking about here? So we're going to go on to the next part. So as we said, we've got our, oops, our four types of love. Um, and the first one we're going to move on to today is our store glove. Now, does anyone have an idea of what this one is? Family, Family love, yeah. So, Storg is um, kind of the liking of someone through the kindness, fondness, um, your close association with them. So if you're growing up, say if you've got siblings, this is the kind of love you would have for them. You'd, um, it's not a love that you really choose to have. It's, it's a natural one you have because of your close relationship as you grow up through life together. Um, yeah, and I think this kind of love is one that develops over a long time. And the more time you spend with each other, the more that builds up. Whether that's in a good or negative way, that depends on your family, I guess. But this is what this love covers. Um, so yeah, an, an example of this love would probably be uh, a parent's unconditional love for their kids or, um, yeah, I suppose two brothers and sisters um, spending lots of time together. Um, but this love I find is a very non-discriminative kind of love because no matter what, it doesn't matter if whatever they, whatever your siblings do, whatever your family does, they're always still your family and therefore you love them because, because they're still your family. Um, yeah. oh, I forgot those were there. <laughs> uh, there you go. That would have helped me a lot if I clicked those. Um, it's been a while since I've done this one. Ah, so this is my favourite character. Uh, his name's Chad. He's a very popular in the youth group. I made a couple of animations with him in it. And yes. Yeah, it, in my mind, he's pretty good. Um, and the thing, this is Chad. Um, and his parents told him that they like the daughter better than him and so yeah, he runs away crying so I think one of the dangerous things about this love is showing favoritism towards your children I think with, with this kind of topic I was covering both the 
um, both the love and the things that are very dangerous and deadly to that kind of love. And favoritism was one of those things that really can damage the relationships that we're in. Filia love. Any guesses on what this one is? Friendship bond. So it's the friendship, the strong bond between our friends, existing between people who share common values, interests, or activities. Um, and this one's the least natural because um, you have to go out of your store, your family relationships, out into the world, and you meet new people, and then that love develops as you spend more time together. And it's something that requires your choice. And you have to put a lot more effort into to maintain those relationships. Whereas family, you don't really have a choice, right? You kind of like come home and they're there and always, always around. Um, yeah, and I think this one's really special because, because of the fact that we choose our friends. We choose who we choose to spend our time with and we choose that freely. Um, yeah, and as I said, yeah, there's a lot more effort involved in this kind of relationship. But, yes, philia isn't romantic love. And I think for kids in school, a lot of kids mix this up. They go, ooh, so you like this person, hey? And then that kind of leads to ah, people crying and having relationships damaged because, <laughs> because they're mixing up the two of these and um, trying to be friends in a philia way. But that always kind of leads to that. And they go, oh, gossip, gossip. And then, yeah. So, anyway, moving on. So romantic love isn't philia. There's a difference between that. Ah, okay, I guess you guys could guess what this one is, Eros. Anyone? Yeah, romantic. Romantic, awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's a romantic love between two people. I'm not sure if that is an accurate description or not, but that's what I see it to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, so the difference between Eros and Philia is Eros is the love between, uh, between two people, whether that be parents, spouses, that's the example I gave the kids for, because um, that's the kind of thing they would see, they'd see the relationships and the type of people that would be in that would be those people. Um, and it's not the same as a friendship love. A friendship, the Philia friendship is kind of a, a love that is built before the stage, hopefully, usually. <laughs> um, uh, but it is acting upon the desires that these two people have with each other. Ah, uh, yeah. So we have Chad proposing to to Chadlina, um, and then to which he says, "No, <laughs> no," and then he runs away crying again. But yeah. So often there is that misconception between between the philia and the eros love, and if we look at to see how um, marriages are today, we can see that a lot of people go into marriages just based on this kind of love, that physical attraction, that affection that they have towards one another. But um, they simply put those emotions to the side and they, um, when that romantic period passes, they find that, well, there's nothing actually they've built. And so those things crumble away and then they go to somewhere where the grass seems greener for them. Um, yeah, so if we don't start with the friendship, then we're going to end up in a place of... Of difficulty later on because we haven't started from the correct place. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so all people, including Christians, should seek to build those filial friendships first before seriously entering those relationships. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. It does not build relationships, but really, I think on the side. Of 
Ah, agape love. Which one's this one? Yeah, unconditional, sacrificial. Some people call it the godly love. Nice. <laughs> so, so it is. It is called the charitable love as well, because without charity and without that, without um, self sacrifice, there is, um, there is no love without charity. Um, it is a merciful love. It so that means it's forgiving, and it is not self sufficient. We can't maintain it on our own. It is God-given. So regardless of the actions of others, uh, we can choose to love people. And that's one of God's commandments. Who can quote me uh, God's commandment about that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here again. <laughs> no, no, you can, you can have it. <laughs> yeah. So... So that is the verse that Jesus refers to when we talk about <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your soul and loving your neighbor as yourself. So we have it's a reunion, how nice. They're back together again. Um, but yeah. So he answered them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your souls, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So which one is it talking about? Now we've looked at them all. It's looking at the agape love. Of loving people unconditionally and loving people in a way that isn't romantic. It isn't just a friendship either, but it's charitable. It's one that requires us to give even sometimes when it costs us something. It's something that we have to do even when people have wronged us. And it's something we need to come to God with as well because often we fall short of that and we get angry at people for doing the wrong thing by us or we don't see the value in doing it because what does it get me in return? That's often what we ask. But the nature of agape love is the same way that Jesus came and died for us on the cross, sacrificing his life so that we might have life with him. Yeah. Yes, and that's it with the top. is it important for youth to talk? Any ideas? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think a big reason for youth to talk is a lot of things that people understand are left inside the head and unless they express it and communicate it between other people, mm. they don't actually really know that they know it mm. and it doesn't really mature or form. In, in their life, so I think yeah. that is one big thing that I know. Yep. Even for me. <laughs> I think it actually helps them grow as well mm. because they have to prepare for it. That's yeah. right. And so they have to study it. And yeah. Learn about it. So it helps our young adults to do the talks because they have to prepare them and, and really think about it. Mm-hmm. And it helps our youth to hear them. And in some ways, our youth can hear the young adults better than they can hear us. Um, so, sorry. To build a bridge between what their parents have taught them, yeah, or the links of those stories that they were told as young children, 
Mm. Um, and now they're starting to get that connection. But a younger person, not their parents, is telling them. That's right, yeah. yeah. Somebody who's a step along the road further than them, but not sort of off, off in the dust. Um, and it's important for our kids to, to hear these messages like about the types of love and about self-control. And we've, we did all the fruits of the spirit and um, a bunch of other stuff. And, and we've had a lot of quite meaty topics. And it's important for them to hear that, not just from their parents, but uh, for some of these kids in our youth group, they're not Christian. Their parents aren't Christian. And so this is, um, most of them go to a Christian school, so they're getting a bit of that. But this is another opportunity for them to hear the truth. And um, Proverbs tells us that, that generally speaking, because that's how Proverbs work, if you direct your children onto the right path, when they're older, they won't leave it. And there's a lot of truth to that. Things that we hear when we're young have a huge influence on us. And I've had several discussions over the last week about things like cultural influences, which you have when you're younger and you just carry them through your whole life. And the same is true of biblical influences. So it's important for our young adults to talk to, to talk to our youth. As we said in First uh, Timothy, which Tim and I have been working our way through, we're not up to here yet, um, Paul says to Timothy, Paul's, Paul's appointed Timothy to a church and he says to Timothy to teach these things that he's been talking about in the letter and insist that everyone learn them. So he's telling Timothy to insist that the people in the church learn them. And he says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church. Encourage the believers and teach them. So from Paul's perspective, and, and, and because Paul wrote this in, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the book of the letter of Timothy, we know that this is God's perspective. So from God's perspective... In the church, youth is not an attribute that disqualifies anyone. But youth are expected to take things seriously. And uh, it's, it's great that we have um, young adults who, who are really engaged in Renew and who are, who are working on, on doing these things and being, being um, representatives in our youth's lives and in our lives as well they can speak to us just as much as they can speak to those youth the fact that they're younger than us doesn't disqualify them so don't ever say you guys are too young you wouldn't understand unless of course they're saying something that they don't understand but, <laughs> <laughs> but um <clears throat> we need to take uh we need to take people seriously and not be ageist. In fact, this, when we think about the context of this, it becomes even more uh, of an emphasis because you've got to remember the context that Paul was writing into was a traditional culture where you were required to respect your elders. 
and there was this expectation that as you got older, you deserved more respect. And so this idea that youth could speak to age was a radical concept. This was the same as the radical concept that men and women were, were one in the church. They were you know, one in Christ um, and Greek and Jew were one in Christ. Slave and free were one in Christ. So it's, it's, it's what we were talking about in the communion. We are one in Christ. There's no, there's no divisions between us whether, we're, whether they're based on our sex or our race or our age or our, um, <coughs> our, um, our cultural background or um, any of those sort of divisions in Christ we are all one and we need to treat each other as thous, as human beings who deserve our attention and respect. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And of course, as we mentioned as well, our young adults, by doing this, grow so much more than they would if we did everything for them. So how can you help? How can the rest of you help? Well, you can encourage our young adults, encourage them in their ministry, encourage them in their walk, in their their faith walk. As Paul said, we expect our young adults to behave like adults, to live mature, faithful lives. Um, We don't sort of lower our standards. Oh, you're young. Yeah, what would you know? (coughs) With with that... um, with that ability to speak to us comes that responsibility to, to live uh, sort of responsible lives. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah. <laughs> you okay with that? <laughs> and and uh, support, if we can support these guys. Support them through our fellowship, through our, our youth. If you have a chance to support youth in some way, please do so, and also in prayer. It is a struggle. We all live in a very intrusive world and you know how hard it is with the habits that you've formed in faith over the years to resist that world. And it's harder if your habits aren't as entrenched. It's harder if your disciplines aren't as strong, which they won't be if you're younger because you haven't had as much time to build them up. Um, the benefit that you have when you're younger is that you have more energy and passion. (laughs) The disadvantage of energy and passion is it can be directed in any direction. So pray, pray for our young adults. And I'm sure they'll be praying for us, praying that we can have some passion and energy. (laughs) So, yeah, is there anything anyone wants to add to our young adults or to say about our youth? Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to Luke's. Yeah. We'll get it eventually. I'll do a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, guys.